This is Contractor Sense with Ruth King. Welcome to Contractor Sense. Here you discover ideas, tactics, news, and information that matters to your contracting business and you. I'm your host, Ruth King. This episode is sponsored by HVAC Trustbooks. Go to HVACTrustbooks.com to discover how this tool can help you close more sales. Thank you for joining us. Here's how we will help your business and you today. Selling can be challenging, yet without sales, you don't have a business. What can you do to increase the likelihood that a customer will say yes? My guest today, Steve Debris of Performance Possibilities Group, gives you the answers to these questions and more. Steve, welcome to Contractor Sense. Ruth, I'm delighted to be part of this. Thank you for inviting me. My pleasure. And we started this, this whole conversation on a bus, didn't we? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, uh, we were at the super conference, I think about a year ago, yep. down in Dallas, and uh, we were we were seated together as we were heading out to Salesforce. Uh, to see and the, talking the, about, you know, talking about sales and everything related to sales and, and yep, how, absolutely. And so tell everybody your story really quickly and, and how you got to be this phenomenal sales trainer. Oh, well, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Uh, uh, well, it, it started actually in 1985 when I was working in service sales for an HVAC privately held mechanical contractor here in Southern Maine. And I figured out I had absolutely no idea what selling was all about. And uh, they were a wonderful organization to work with. So I decided to take a, uh, uh, a sales course and I discovered that I wasn't alone in this. And uh, and, and, and the other part of it is, as I took the course, I discovered that I really enjoyed sort of coaching and working with people. I was an athlete, my background and all that. And it, it was, uh, I, I got involved in the organization. And then uh, four years later, I was offered an opportunity to, to have, to become a, uh, if you will, a, a, a marketing director for an organization called Integrity Solutions. And I joined that firm, and I've been, uh, as an independent consultant, working uh, alongside them. They supply a lot of my intellectual property, <clears throat> but also I uh, facilitate for some of their major accounts literally all over the world. So I've been doing that for the last 28 years, uh, and, and it's interesting. Uh, you know, the marketing is the background, and I think I joked with you. We were called marketing directors. We had no idea what marketing was. We were salespeople who got on the phone and made cold calls back then. <laughs> so it's changed an awful lot since 1991, let me tell you. So there's the Reader's Digest version. So you left started. a contractor, huh? You left a contractor. Yes. <laughs> and it was funny because the general manager at the time, we were selling maintenance contracts. So I was on the service side of the business. There was a big transition back then and transitioning from the, you know, bid and spec thing where we're out in competitive bidding more into establishing a service base to a predictable level of revenue for a uh, HVAC contractor and then getting more, you know, uh, if you will, uh, loyal customers where we did more design build work. So that was more negotiated work. So it was a, I thought a, a great strategy, but you know, you didn't want me close to tools, but we had some formulas where I could go out and I could price the service agreements and then dig up the prospects for our engineers who would then put in uh, design quotes. Got it. All right. So let's fast forward and, and you're, you're helping people with sales. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of call reluctance and a lot of resistance to selling. And, you know, you and I, what's the fear? I mean, how do we get over it? Well, well, first let's, you know, it, it's because there are a lot of platitudes out there. One of the organizations that I was very, very blessed to be affiliated with is a company out of Dallas called Behavioral Science Research Press. And they have the preeminent 
sort of, uh, uh, I would say, experts in terms of this whole area of, of first and foremost helping people to diagnose and assess the car reluctance issues that may be present, and then how do you address those? Uh, the authors, Shannon Goodson and George Dudley, uh, they they put in decades of research into looking at this. Now, car reluctance, what is it? It's really the the fear that presents itself within us that keeps us or or causes us to hesitate, procrastinate, or outright avoid doing business building related activities. So, you know, it might be, and they've they've identified uh, through the research twelve different forms of car reluctance. Now, car reluctance is really it is, it is a belief, it's a mindset that we have that we may have 11 of the 12 forms are learned. And, and what that means is, is that we may not even be aware that this is the thought process. But if I don't want to be seen as pushy or intrusive to an extreme, I, mean, I think most of us want to be seen and treated and be respectful of other people. But if, I am, if that is a tape playing in the back of my mind, then I will avoid, I will make excuses for not picking up the phone and calling somebody. I will make, in the back of my mind, I will justify why I wasn't assertive in a sales presentation and clarify a next step. They call that yielder, somebody who has an, an obsessive need to be liked and approved of by other people. And that happens to be the number one form of call reluctance that we run into. And it can get in the way of people being, I like to call it appropriately assertive. So these are really sets of beliefs people have that then our behaviors will be consistent with those beliefs. So what they really do is they put a limit in terms of the amount of prospecting I'll do, but also how effective I'll be in a sales conversation because I can get in, my, get in the way of, what I, of how I interact with other people. Well, you know, you're talking about necessarily in a sales perspective. Think about a service technician or an installer or somebody out there talking with Mrs. Jones and he, he sees something that really should be taken care of and he's afraid to bring it up. It's the same thing. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and that could, I mean, one of the forms also is, a, is one of the forms that they've identified is something called role rejection, where it's, a, it's about, well, I'll be an expert technician, but don't ask me to do anything related to sales. I've got, uh, it, it, it's just sales. I've got this negative perspective of what salespeople do, who they are, what their values are, whatever it is. And, you know, a lot of these have been formed by life's experiences. So that if I've been sort of, if I've had lousy experiences in dealing with salespeople, and then we ask them to be more, uh, we want you to be more sales focused when you're out doing service work, then, I mean, there's going to be a conflict that people feel very uncomfortable. They'll nod yes, and they just won't do it. Yeah. So. Those are some of the, yeah, yeah, you're spot on in that. Yeah, I call it the passive aggressive. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, yes, Very and then true. you just don't do it. And then if you don't follow up on it, then it just never gets done and they refuse to say something about it. All right. So, you know, we talk about the fact that there, there is this fear. Is it, can we overcome this fear? Yeah, well, it, it's actually, there are a couple different things you can do. And it all depends on what type of fear it is. Uh, one of the ways that it takes a little longer, but it, it, uh, it works really well. It's a process called thought realignment because these are just deeply deep seated beliefs that we're, 
we we're not even sure what we're what we've learned and what we believe about it. All we know is that fear manifests itself in different ways. So fear is, and this is one of the things we want when when we do our call reluctance, um, our fear we call it fear free prospecting workshop, is that we get people to identify. Number one, how does how does fear tend to manifest itself for me? Because fear is physical. Okay, do do my hands start to perspire? Does my heart rate start to uh, race? Do all of a sudden I get dry mouth, I can't talk? Um, do I start to sweat profusely? Do I just, does my mind go blank? Uh, you know, these different types of things, when people get anxious and, and, and fear is then present, what's the trigger to let them know, uh-oh, there I am. So first and foremost, you gotta be aware of how it manifests. So you gotta know what the situations are that prompt it. And then, and then I have to sort of tune in, okay, what am I saying right now to myself that's prompting this? So, you know, one of the things you got to identify is where am I physically, what am I feeling? And then what are some of these sets of beliefs that are coming up? And what am I saying to myself? Oh, I don't want to be pushy. I want to make sure I let, I don't think it's the right time. Uh, uh, you know, if, I don't think I know how to answer questions if they come up, that would be over prepare. They have to be absolutely ready to answer any question that could be asked. So then okay. what we do is thought, thought realignment is we ask people really to then unplug it once they're aware of it. And there's three simple questions. And we ask people, you know, where's the proof that this has to be a frightening situation? Uh, where's the proof? Next question is, does the situation require me to feel this way? And all, all we're doing is getting people over time to challenge the legitimacy of what they believe. And then three, even if they accept that, yeah, there's proof, I felt, uh, you know, this bad stuff has happened before. Yes, the situation requires me to feel this way. Uh, could I turn the fear up or down like a volume control? Do I have to stay so upset that I can't have a conversation with this person about what the issue Whatever is? Whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. So, so cool. Hold those three questions in that thought. And when we get back from break, we'll continue the conversation. Thanks for listening to Contractor Sense. We'll be right back. I've seen my client salespeople struggle when a customer asks why they should use your company rather than the competition when your price is higher and you both are proposing the same equipment. I've seen technicians struggle when customers ask them whether they should replace an 18-year-old air conditioner. And most salespeople and technicians never ask the one question that most customers are concerned about, yet never ask. Can I trust you? I found a tool that gives your salespeople and technicians the ammunition to answer this question and more. And the tool works. How do I know? 68% of my clients are using it to increase sales and referrals. What is it? A trust book with your name on it as the author. More details are at HVACTrustBooks.com. Warning, there is only one contractor per area that can get these great books. Some areas are already taken. They've gone to my clients. If you want your area and want to have a tool for your salespeople and technicians to increase referrals and sales, then go to HVACTrustBooks.com now and reserve your area. Eliminate costly warranty leak repair headaches. Three years ago, Ruth King wrote a leak policy letter for one of her clients who was dealing with huge warranty leak issues. When she gave the letter to technicians and trained them on how to use it, warranty leaks went from zero, that's right, zero. Then she gave the letter to one of her other clients and any contractor who wanted it. The results? The same, zero warranty leak repairs. The unexpected benefits? An increase in replacement sales. Ruth shares the letter with anyone and everyone who wants it. So get your sample leak policy letter for free. No strings, no catches, no guarantee results. Go to hvacchannel.tv or call us at 877-520-4321. 
Click on the link in the middle of the homepage to get your free leak policy letter. I hope you experience zero warranty leak repairs and eliminate a major costly headache. We're back. Thanks for listening to Contractor Sense. I'm speaking with Steve Debris, who, what's your title these days, by the way? Uh, well, I, uh, I guess, I, well, I'm president of my, of my company, but, you know, I'm a solopreneur. Uh, but what's nice is I'm connected to um, organizations that have created these processes. So I, while I'm out there sort of by my, uh, I'm, I'm, I've got my own business. I'm not by myself. I've got lots of support and a lot of colleagues both around the country and around the world that assist in this. So yeah, I guess president, that's it. Okay. So where do, if somebody <laughs> wants to get a hold of you and contact you, where do they do it? Okay. Best place is info at performancepossibilities.com. That's info at performancepossibilities.com. Um, and uh, a, a direct line, if you wanted to, is my phone number is 207-233-0154. Uh, again, that's 207-233-0154. So either one of those, uh, to, if they wanted to talk sales, would love to do it. Okay. Sounds great. All right. So before the break, we went into the three questions that people need to ask themselves about call reluctance. All right. Let's assume they ask the three questions um, and they understand that, okay, they're making this up in their head. Yeah, it's happened in the past, but that doesn't mean it's going to happen right now. How long does it take somebody to, to go through that and go, yeah, I recognize it. Yeah, this might happen. Let's go for it anyway. Yeah, well, you know, one of the things is, is that, you know, in our, in our processes that we do, they get a, uh, they'll do what we call the, uh, an SPQ, Sales Preference Questionnaire, and it's called an FSA. It's a, it's a deep dive assessment instrument that will, number one, it'll identify how much motivation they have to do selling activities, and it'll also identify how clearly focused their goals are, and, uh, and, and that is the critical piece to it. And then, then the assumption is that all my, my energy will flow towards my goals. Well, call reluctance is, if you will, the short circuit for all that energy. It goes into goal obstructing behavior as opposed <laughs> to goal, yeah, goal, goal accomplishing behavior. So here's the thing. So the assumption is, so, because sometimes people aren't doing the sales activities. It's not because they have call reluctance, because they really don't want to. They don't have the motivation to. Or they lack the goal clarity, so they're all over the place. And one of the things we're finding in business and also you know corporate america is supporting this is something we call goal diffusion is that people have a certain amount of energy but they're being pulled in so many directions that their activities around sales don't get done so one of the things you really have to assess what it is now given that let's say it is called reluctance that uh one of the things is is they can start to they can start to see uh shifts very quickly once they become aware of what their predispositions are then they can be on the lookout for when these, number one, I'm, I'm much more tuned into what my thought patterns are. And then I can be, a, a, and when we go through the process and the workshop that they can then hone in on where do these things typically come up? And I got to tell you, people are, they're pretty aware. Now, now there is a form of call reluctance called oppositional reflex, which is really significant. And okay. they will take an oppositional view. As a matter of fact, Ruth, they will argue they will want to argue with the assessment and argue with me as the facilitator of the process. So you have to unplug those up front. They can be, and some of the folks that might be listening, you, if they interview very, very well. You tend to hire them at the top of the scale because of how they present themselves. 
And then the honeymoon wears off in about three to four, maybe five months. Then all of a sudden, nothing's their fault. They start to, they're almost like a cancer in the organization. And they literally take in a reflexive way, the opposite view to everything that you say. So there's some things that are, and, and, and all of a sudden they can become a very a, a significant cancer. So oftentimes we've got a lot of organizations that use this as a screening tool to help get a sense as to where people's mindsets are. But you can address these. And your question was how soon? I want to give you a little background. But once people, they have an awareness, they know what the thought pattern is, they start to use this. Uh, we see significant shifts. People take new actions. They're aware of it. Now, when does it become automatic? And probably 30 days to 60 days. And that's why we tend to do a, a series of follow-up sessions for accountability and for a place that people talk about both their, their progress, but also their challenges. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's gotta be, you can't just go to the seminar and then, oh yeah, I got it. And then you go back to doing what you were doing, you know, before you walked into the seminar. It's just, there has to be some accountability and follow-up. You got it. That's spot on. And, 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 and for people to hear from others, I think sometimes when they take a look at their assessment, and I, and I did one uh, locally here just a little while ago for, interestingly enough, for a bank. And the, the gentleman that was the head person for all of the, all of the uh, salespeople in the organization was very, very transparent in what his profile said. And, and he just all of a sudden started to see opportunities that he'd never seen before because now he was aware that he had put this group of people emotionally out of bounds in terms of being able to talk to them. So cool. he has generated significant numbers at his level, simply with that awareness. That's uh, it had to, it, yeah. And it took a period of time to get over that. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I would imagine that would be the case. Okay. So you've mentioned the seminars many, many times. So tell us in the last minute or so, is it something that you put on? Is it something that the, the groups put on or how do you do the seminars? Yeah, so well, typically there's a, it's a day and a half seminar, which we, uh, w and what we do is we give people the background as to what the, the sphere of self-promotion is, so they get a good sense. We walk through how does it manifest itself in them, and then we walk through and we distribute the profile to them. Now, there's some pre-work that's done, so, you know, a couple weeks prior to the session, people, folks get online and they complete the, the uh, SPQ gold. Uh, FSA instrument, uh, and then I'll bring those to the workshop session, and then we walk through them page by page, so folks are very, very clear as to what the assessment says. And then what they plot a plan for uh, how they're going to address those. And then we have a series of uh, six uh, uh, follow-up conversations that we have, and those are about an hour in length, and those are about every two weeks, so people have a chance to uh, apply these ideas out in the field. And, uh, and then we start to hear the good things that happen for folks. So those are conducted most of the time either, uh, you know, for an organization or as part of a public. public Got group. it. Sounds good. All right. Tell us one more time where to get hold of you. Info at. Uh, yeah, info at performancepossibilities.com or my number is 207-233-0154. Steve, thanks so much for being with us today. Ruth, my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you for joining us. Choose one thing that you discovered and implement it in your business. These ideas, tactics, and strategies help you make more money, have more free time, and give back. If you like today's program, spread the word. Please review this podcast on any device you're listening to it on. Help a fellow contractor make more money too. For comments or questions, call me at 770-729-0258 or email ruthking at hvacchannel.tv. Thanks for listening. Have a great and profitable day.